This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, John, let's get to four stock up and four stock down, and we'll do this for the 53-man roster. Four o'clock on Tuesday, Houston time, is when the rosters need to get cut down to 53. Now, this we know. Whatever that 53 looks like for the Texans at four o'clock on Tuesday, it could look very different come Wednesday after these hundreds of players get put onto the waiver wire. And the Texans basically have their pick of the litter. Pretty much any player that Chicago doesn't want the Texans could take if they want to on the waiver wire. That's how it works. It goes via last year's draft order. Uh, that Those are the teams that get priority uh, in that order for players that get put onto, uh, onto waivers. So we know that there will be a 53 at 4 o'clock on Tuesday. And I would guess, John, I don't know, before we get into specific players, four stock up and four stock down, if you had to take a stab at it, how many players do you think Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans wind up plucking off of the waiver wire to swap out on their 53-man roster over those 24 to 48 hours after the cutdown deadline? When you have a new staff, including new coordinators, you're going to have a lot of changes. There are going to be some surprises that we're going to go, really? Wow. And uh, when they make that at 3 o'clock Central, 4 Eastern, that uh, they'll be constantly changing. I can't wait to see they put on their practice squad because there's guys from 49ers. Sean, we know there's going to be a couple of former Patriots in there that Nick Casario was part of drafting that they're going to look at as well because, you know, every time they bring in a player, I look to see where he used to be, and it's amazing how many of them started off with New England. So we got to watch those two. But I think when you new when you have a new coaching staff, there's going to be more than there would have been if, say, Lovey Smith had come back. So I'm going to say they're going to bring in like five new ones. Yeah. Because having that high, as you mentioned, having that high waiver claim, yeah. is, is it's not what you want, of course. You want to be last. But at this time of year, that's good. No, I mean, John, it's almost like you're operating when you're picking that high in the waiver order. It's almost like you're operating the NFL draft with an eighth, ninth and 10th round. You know what I mean? It's like you're it's it's really like an adjunct to the draft, especially if it's it's guys you scouted and liked that get put out there because, you know, everybody's got their own tastes and things. And there might be guys that get weren't a fit for what they were doing in some place might be a great fit for what uh, D'Amico Ryan's wants to do. Um, All right, John. So let's do four stock up and four stock down. For the 53-man roster, and we'll do the stock up. Let's do for stock up. Let's do guys that we think, or maybe bubble guys that we think have made this 53. Who knows? By the time people are listening to this, maybe we'll have been proven wrong based on the cuts. So we caveat everything with we're recording this at about lunchtime 
on Monday. And then the four stock down will be guys that we think maybe lost a, a roster spot or at the very least have put themselves in a precarious position because I don't think we can do a stock down without mentioning Kenyon Green at some point here. Um, so let's but let's start with the positive. Let's start with the stock up four stock up. John, who who's a who's a guy that you think has uh, clinched a roster spot over these last couple of weeks? Uh, a guy you've talked about a lot on this podcast, Mike Boone, the running back. You know, I went back and looked at his career. When he was in Minnesota, he had a start because of an injury in which he met rush for almost 150 yards. And the week before that, he ran for two touchdowns. So he didn't get a lot of playing time in Denver because he was on injured reserve for two years. But Mike Boone has looked good. He can catch. And uh, Dari Gumbawale, if they really want him, they can cut him and put him on the practice squad because nobody else is going to claim him. But Mike Boone has solidified that third spot. And truthfully, he's looked better running the ball in, in preseason than Devin Singletary has. Yeah, now, I'm glad Singlet you said that. Yeah, now Singletary will be the second back, but at some point Damian Pierce is going to get hurt, and that means Singletary and Boone are going to move up. And if Boone can stay healthy and avoid IR, which he couldn't do with Denver, he'd turn into a tremendous signing by Nick Casario. But hold up. Why do you say at some point Damian Pierce is going to get hurt? Why Why? why do you say that? Because he's gonna, not going to stay healthy for 17 games. He missed almost five full games last year. So I'm guessing some point he's going to get hurt and miss a game. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe so. Over a no, only, only like five guys played 17 games on his team last no, year. No, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's, I just <laughs> stating it as if it's fact. It was just funny to me. Um, you're just bitter because you lost your bet to Landry Locker with that with that injury, John. Yeah, right? that's, we made so many bets since then. I can't keep up. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mike Boone's a good one. John, I'm going to go Xavier Hutchinson, uh, the rookie wide receiver out of Iowa State. We actually had him on the postgame show last night. He was great. He was a fun conversation. You can see just in talking to him, man, a lot of these guys you talk to, these young guys, you can really kind of see what uh, what D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario are looking for in terms of just the, the I would say, football character of guys when you talk to them, how important it is to them. Um, Xavier Hutchinson's a guy who was uber productive at Iowa State, put up big numbers at Iowa State, and he's a guy that you saw from the get-go, John, at training camp. He didn't look like a sixth-round pick throughout training camp and certainly didn't look like a sixth-round pick last night when he had four catches for 48 yards, and he had to play on special teams. It was a just a, a fraction of an inch away from being uh, a fumbled punt. It just happened to hit his arm first when he drove the the defender. As a gunner, he drove the the, the blocker into the Saints punt returner. We asked him about that on the postgame show. I asked him about it. Has he ever, you know, when was the last time he played special teams? He said, this is the first time he's ever played special teams in his career. But the special teams coach, Frank Ross, you know, talks about the technique that he used, you know, to try to push the guy into the, into the uh, return guy. So even though it grazed off of his arm, I still think that's something that the coaches probably took a look at and said, man, this is a kid who's making stuff happen, not only as a receiver, but on special teams as well. I think he was probably pretty solidly, uh, maybe not 100%, but I think the possession arrow was pointed towards him making the team. But no question in my mind, he clinched his spot against the uh, Saints on Sunday night. Everybody likes Hutchinson. He had 105 catches at Iowa State last year. And every time he's gotten an opportunity from the offseason program to training camp to preseason, he's capitalized on it. Yep. Uh, all right, John, who's your next stock up making this squad? 
I'm going to, I'm because there's so few that I think of, I'm going to say a practice squad guy because he's been really good. Okay. Khalil Davis, a, uh, a veteran defensive lineman who had four quarterback hits against Miami. He had a sack, two quarterback hits, two tackles for loss against New Orleans. It doesn't matter if you're playing backups. You're supposed to do your job. He has. I'm guessing he'll end up on the practice squad uh, because, big. you know, I don't think Big Heine's going anywhere. Kurt Heine, he's gotten a lot of playing time, and he makes plays. But no defensive lineman has made more plays than Khalil Davis in preseason. Yeah, I was a little nervous about a couple of the plays he made last night on Jake Heiner that if it was a different officiating crew, there might have been a yellow, some yellow <laughs> laundry on the field. He was lighting up. Uh, Jake Hayner, the Saints quarterback last night in that game. There's going to be some interesting cuts on that defensive line, John, both at the defensive end position, but especially that tackle position, because we know Malik Collins, uh, Sheldon Rankins, and uh, Hassan Ridgeway are all going to make the team. Those are veterans that they either signed as free agents or in the case of Malik Collins, gave a big extension to. So they're obviously on the team. And then we, you got Big Heine, you got Roy Lopez. You're right, Khalil Davis has done some things. Um, you know, Thomas Booker was a draft pick last year. I don't think he's making the team. I think they're going to they, – my guess is he winds up back on the practice squad um, this year. So there's there's going to be some some interesting decisions to be made. And Heinish is interesting, John, to me. I Like, you look at him physically, and I feel like I feel like it's why he was undrafted. Like, I think a lot of teams look at him and go, well, look at him. That's, that guy's not a guy that makes plays. He's just a big, heavy guy that you stick in the middle there. But at least a couple, two, three times a game, there's a play made in the backfield, and you look up, and 93 is in on the play. He's around the ball. Like, he is a guy who's just got a really good, I think, a really good football sense that served him well throughout his entire career, not just with the Texans. I'm amazed at how many times you guys are getting up from the bottom of the pile and Big Heine's on the bottom. Yeah, it's Big Heine's on the bottom, John. We need some merch. Big Heine on the bottom. Uh, all right, my last stock up. Um, and I don't know if this guy is going to make the team, but they signed him last week, a uh, third-round pick in 2020 cornerback. Uh, Cam Dantzler made a huge play to close out that game last night. That wasn't just a right place, right time kind of play. Um, that was a play where he might have baited Jake Hayner into the throw that was picked off. He certainly made a hell of a catch on the play. I mean, that was like a physical talent kind of thing. That was a wide receiver catch. John. That was a DeAndre Hopkins kind of catch on that interception by Dantzler to close out the game. I think cornerbacks are really interesting position, John. I think Stingley, I think uh, Stephen Nelson, I think Desmond King, to me, are the only locks to make this team. I don't think Tavier Thomas has had a good training camp. Uh, I don't think Shaquille Griffin has been exactly what they hoped they were getting with him. Um, so I think there's guys like Kadar Holman. I think there's guys like Cam Dantzler, um, that, that maybe Kobe Francis. I, I think that... Outside of the top three cornerbacks, I think anything can happen at that position. Dantzler is a guy who has third-round talent and was a really good player for Minnesota early on in his career. And to see him make that play to close out that game, he's a big kind of long athlete. Um, I think he 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 may have he he may have come in week before the season and got a spot on this fifty-three. If I had to pick a surprise, I'd pick Kadar Allman. But thing about Tavier Thomas, I've seen a lot of people speak in the media speculating about him not making it. Last year, he was only judged by pro football focus as being the best slot corner in the NFL. So if they did waive him, he would get a job in a heartbeat. It'd be easier to waive one of those other guys and put him on a practice squad. But they're definitely top-heavy with corners. The backup safeties, MJ Stewart and Eric Murray had to play a lot in the preseason. and uh, But it's a good problem to have in which the Texans might have 
too much talent and might have to cut somebody they don't want to cut. Do they only have four safeties on the team, John? I mean, uh, Eric Murray, Eric Murray, and MJ Stewart were in at the end of the game yesterday. Like, the, like, do they have any safeties outside of Petrie, Ward, and the other and, and Murray and Stewart on this? They team? They only have four that they want. That's pretty obvious. As much playing time as yes. those guys got, yeah. now they could get somebody off the wire because yeah. there's going to be a lot of players who were drafted high, and I'm not talking about first and second, but third round picks like Dantzler, uh, who are going to be available and. Yep. And it and and they and Chicago can't claim them all. You know the Bears think they're going worst first, mm-hmm. and they must think they actually have a good roster instead of the one that was so pathetic last year. Uh, but I think it's going to be so much fun to see who the Texans keep and guys they let go are going to get jobs quickly with other teams. Let's do four stock down, John. You go first. What's your first stock down? Last year's. 15th overall pick, Kenyon mm-hmm. Green, demoted to the second team, gave up a terrible sack, got hurt, came out, stood on the sideline. He's just been a huge bust to this point. Now, he can come back and turn it all around, but it's scary. He's He should be in shape after missing so much of the offseason program. He should be doing better at this point, but he just got abused on that sack. It was embarrassing. And then he grabbed his arm where he got hurt. But, man, Michael Dieter didn't start a game last year, and he's just starting left guard. Give me a break. Maybe he'll end up being Josh Jones, even though he's a better tackle. He started, I think, nine games at left guard. But, boy, uh, left guard is a problem created by Kenyon Green. And if he busts, that would be a terrible decision by Nick Casario and Lovey Smith a year ago. Yeah, that's not trending in the right direction. John, I'm never a fan of taking guards with the 15th overall pick. I just That's a position to me that the ceiling on the impact that a guard can have on your team, to be taking them 15th overall, where there's every year inherently, there's guys that just play bigger impact positions out there than 15th overall. I mean, you, you, you better be, you know, you, you, you better be John Hanna, you know, to, to, to conjure up an old school hall of fame name. Um, if you're drafting a guard with the 15th overall pick, I just, I'm, even if, even if Kenny Green had stayed healthy and was an average NFL player right now, to me, that's just a poor use of resources. Um, my first stock down is one that you texted me about last night. So maybe I'm stealing it from you, but Austin, you didn't say this, but I'll say it. Austin bleeping Deculus. Does he, does he allowed to get the bleeping John? He was a six round rookie last year, of course. but he's from the area here. So we root for him because he's a Houston kid, but man, he, I mean, he struggled mightily against the Patriots in that first game. And he has just really, really struggled. He's a big kid who, you know, if you just watch him step off the bus, you go, oh, yeah, I, I can see where that kid's a tackle. And then you watch him move in this, in, throughout this training camp. And it just hasn't been good. Nick Casario is going to be doing something, John, here over these next 24 hours that he has not done to this point, and that is cut players that he himself has drafted. He's never cut one of his own draft picks before, not because he's in love with them or anything like that, but because this roster had that much building to do. There's enough quality players in the building now where there's no scraps in his scrapbook. I think I think uh, Austin Deculus is one of a small handful of guys that Nick Casario has handpicked that could be gone. He is my first stock down and for that reason if they like him in practice then they can always put him on the practice squad because i can't see anybody claiming him based on the tape they would have seen 
in this preseason. That's right. And I, and I think if they claim them, if they claim him, they have to put him on the 53, right? If another team claims him, if claims him off waivers, I believe, right? Uh, if another team claims him, then then he's got it. If, if another team claims him, they've got him. Yeah. Under any circumstances. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Who's your next stock down, John? Well, it uh, you don't catch punts on the two-yard line. Steven Sims, who shouldn't be returning punts, Tank Dell shooting for obvious reasons. He got a punt on the two, maybe it was a three, I forget, but I remember going, oh, my God, he shouldn't be doing that. He's a, he's got, should have more sense than that. And then he also he made a really good catch on the sideline for a big game, but he pushed off. It was offensive pass interference. Uh, the only reason they would keep him is if, indeed, they wanted him to return punts and kickoffs, but Frank Ross should not want him to return punts because that should be tanked down. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I don't want him on the roster because I don't want any temptation to not have Tank Dell returning punts on this. Absolutely. Team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on Steven Sims. Um, John, my last one is uh, a guy who has not gotten on the field at all, really, throughout training camp, who's been on this team the last couple of years, and it's Christian Kirksey. I think Christian Kirksey is going to be gone amidst what is a – I don't know how good the linebacker position is on the Texans, but it is a competitive situation. There's a lot of bodies at that linebacker spot. And I think you'll probably end up keeping five, six at the most linebackers, and the musical chairs fill up pretty quick. Denzel Perryman is going to make this team. Christian Harris is going to make this team. Blake Cashman's been injured, but before he got injured with this hamstring, he was running with the ones and having a really productive training camp, and he's a very good special teams player as well. Henry Toa Toa is somebody that this coaching staff <clears throat> really likes, even though it's gotten to be a bit more of a struggle for him these last couple games, but he's going to make this team. And then you've got Corey Littleton and Neville Hewitt and Jake Hansen, and I'm probably missing a couple. Garrett guys. Wallow. Garrett Wallow, yeah. And I like I don't know that Garrett, Garrett Wallow might be a Casario draft pick that gets cut. There's no way that Christian Kirksey – can make this team. If you're doing a 53-man mock roster and you're putting Kirksey on here just because he's a big, I say big name, you know, he's he's a, a known name that's been on this team the last couple of years. He's been on this team because of the leadership quality. He hasn't been on this team because he's a good football player. Now he's just injured, old, expensive, and they got plenty of leadership in the building. They don't need any more of these guys that can't play hanging around just because they're good pros and good locker room guys to teach the young guys. They've, they've got the, the, the culture – foundation is established now christian kirksey here's your gold watch see you later i'd keep neville hewitt i know the coaches like hewitt he and kirksey are interchangeable he's been there every day kirksey hasn't through no fault of kirksey's but you got to be healthy especially when you're in his situation and if they do get rid of him is it 5.6 million they saved something like that yeah it's a lot it's seven million cap. it is a really good cap savings if they go get rid of him, and that's actually kind of going to be a tough, a tough decision uh, because those guys play special teams. And here we go, though. I think you know they're trying to get him to play outside, and inside. They, you know, let the poor kid play the position he was drafted to play in the middle. Find somebody else to play outside. He got Blake Cash, I and mean, then he will be the starter when he's healthy. 
but let, I don't like moving rookies around. I remember when they did this with Xavier Suofilo, first take in the second round, 14, he turned out to be a bust, one of many in the offensive line. And so I let Tua Toa play the middle behind uh, Denzel Perryman. 